0: Hey guys, Rory here, and I want to share with you an audio version of a blog post I just put up on ekanchu.com that basically asks the question, why does coming soon take so damn long? In many ways, 2017 brought some pretty big opportunities for ekanchu. I was able to partner with Louis who is an incredible designer with the ability to take these abstract ideas that I have in my head about what it means to be a minimalist lifestyle and what that represents. And and Louis just has the ability to to take those and translate them into actual concrete form. Additionally, we found our current factory partners, a uh, family-run factory in the Marquet region of Italy, and they have just been super generous in allowing Ikanchu to to kind of grow within their walls Uh, we also released a new design our minimalist chukka sneaker which was really well received within the Ikanchu community and for what it's worth they're the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn Um, but with all that being said when looking back at all the work and effort that went into Ikanchu in 2017 I can't help but ask myself is that it? You know, and then the, the natural follow-up question to that becomes: well, why does it take so damn long to get anything done? So with these two questions in mind, I put together a, a blog post to, to shed some insight into the overall process that goes into making shoes and where we're at and trying to build the brand. Um and wanted to share these these thoughts and issues that we're facing as we try to get a new pair of shoes made and and delivered to you. The process. On average, it takes about 18 months to take a shoe from design sketch to a finished product. 18 months. That's a long-ass time. And being a small startup, there aren't as many levels of approval required as a company like Nike has, right? But the flip side to this is that I don't have as many resources as Nike has. So in order for Ekonchu to to have any chance of success, we have to find a way to dramatically shorten that lead time for introducing new shoes. Taken at face value, this might sound like a simple solution. Just get it done faster, right? But since we have to rely on on another party's to help us get these shoes made, a streamlined process isn't always possible. But... To, to help give you uh, an overview of of what we go through, I wanted to to run through the general steps involved with creating a new shoe. Um, and some of these areas were getting more efficient. Other areas still need a lot of work, but we're going through the process every day trying to improve where we can. That being said, here are the general steps involved with taking a shoe from design to being ready to be worn on your feet. Step one, idea eating. Timeline, two to four months. Like anything else, designing a new shoe begins with an idea. My approach for for new ideas are pretty straightforward. It's basically, what needs do I have that are currently not being met? As a side note, this is how the original concept for the Derby, that's our, our minimalist dress shoe, came about. I was in an NFL training camp, I hurt my back, and then got to spend the next 14 months rehabbing. This rehab was centered around barefoot training, which helped with my overall alignment, body control, and core strength. Um, After kind of hanging up the cleats and and having to trade them in for a pair of dress shoes that comes with the 9-to-5 office life, I immediately felt the negative effects that come with the traditional dress shoe design. My knees, my back... My ankles all started to hurt pretty much immediately upon putting those on, so I had to uh, had to look for a better solution. And after coming up empty, that is basically what led to the pursuit of this this new approach to dress shoe design with our no heel, no arch support, wider toe box, light, flexible materials, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and the introduction of our our minimalist dress shoe. But back to the ideas. Once uh, I have an idea in mind, the, that idea gets kicked up the ladder to Louis. As I said earlier, Louis is just an incredibly talented designer. Uh, his background—he's he spent a a decade uh, kind of in corporate shoe design before deciding to to hang that up and start out on his own. He still continues to work with some of the top footwear and lifestyle brands around the world. Uh, he's an incredible consultant, and he's just able to breathe life into new designs with his innovation and creativity. Um, What makes Louis such a good fit for me and Ikanchu is that he himself really lives the philosophy behind Ikanchu. And what I mean by that is a consistent effort to try and eliminate as much of the BS as possible so we can focus on those things that really matter to us in life. And how this relates to shoe design is that he's able to to take these abstract values we believe in and, and make them come alive in actual designs. The initial step for Louis is always research. You know, take a look at the big picture, see what kind of trends there are, both from a lifestyle standpoint, and then begin to dig down into specific details that he's found interesting across footwear designs and brands and and things like that. Once he's comfortable with the amount of research he's done, it's time to start sketching. Uh, And putting pen to paper, Louis creates 30, 40, 50 different design concepts, all sketched out by hand. Each of these initial concepts differ, some in big ways, some in little ways, but... This process will go on until Louie's exhausted most of the creative possibilities kind of for the specific project. Uh, once, once we reach this point, we, we take some time to let the dust settle, take a step back, and then really see see what's there. Um, once the ideas have had some time to sink in, Louis goes into review mode, making notes on which one stands out. Um, in some cases, it can be one specific element within a sketch. In other situations, it's the entire sketch. And then once he's done this, another round of sketching goes down. Um, with the concept being continuously refined, Louis starts to, to now combine different elements to uncover new design possibilities. At, at the end of it, we really tried to distill all of these sketches down to three to five standalone concepts. And then with these distilled designs in hand, we meet up, sit down, and, and begin to talk through each one. At, at this point, Louis kind of shares what his inspiration was and how or why he came up with specific elements and how he thought they fit into the, to the overall design. Um, but eventually, we settle on the designs that we're going to pursue and, and take the next steps on. So once we've distilled the design into a single starting point, it's time to set out on the path for bringing it to life. Taking a 2D sketch where everything fits together nice and neat and is super clean and trying to realize into a functional 3D shoe from scratch can be a pretty good challenge. Um, For this reason, you really have to have a factory partner that not only believes in you, but is also willing to set aside the time and resources necessary to get the design right. Finding this type of factory partner has taken us close to five years. It's just, no factory wants to be a sample house. Making samples requires setting aside skills and materials and time to a project that might not even get off the ground. And that that's a huge risk for factories, right? It's a huge time suck and it doesn't always, it's not guaranteed to pay off. To help offset some of this risk, uh, factories will charge a, a sample fee to realize a prototype. This can be anywhere from $500 to $2,500, um, plus the material costs required to, to actually make the, make the shoe. Um, in some cases, factories also require uh, a high minimum order quantity, or MOQ. Uh, we'll talk about this more later, but basically the factory wants you to commit to doing a, a sizable production run consisting of a specific number of pairs per color per style before they agree to get started right there they don't want to make your prototype and then have you take that prototype and take it over to another factory for production so they try to lock you in from the start with a uh, a production order Um, so but once you found a factory who, who understands what you're trying to do and is willing to work with you it's it's time to get to work unfortunately prototyping is not an overnight process it can take uh, it can take a while for a number of reasons, but three of the big ones are first and foremost: you're not the factory's only customers. You have to understand that the factory is working with a number of other clients, and if another client is in production, i.e., actively bringing in money for the factory, they they tend to be the priority uh, because smaller artisan factories have limited manpower. They They really have to be judicious when allocating time for team members to step away and focus on prototypes. Finding time to immediately fit into the schedule, it just doesn't happen. Reason number two is that factories are not one-stop shops. Smaller factories tend to be specialists, and different styles of shoes require different skill sets. So this means that the production setup and the machinery is often optimized for one or, or very few styles. Um, shoe equipment and machinery are very very expensive and that means it's not feasible for a factory to invest in multiple pieces outside of their quote-unquote specialty oftentimes the prototyping process comes down to trial and error right a factory wants work they're they're hungry for work and so they tell you yeah we we can do this We'll, we'll figure it out and so you you invest a lot of time in trying to do it and then it turns out that they can't do it you're kind of starting from scratch and have to go find someone who can. So, um, that that can be a big issue for for prototyping, taking a while. And then, lastly, there are more pieces than just the factory involved. So the the factory creates and, and cuts the patterns and assembles the shoe. They're not making the leather. They're not manufacturing the laces. They're not molding the soles. So, when you're looking to create a new design, especially one that you know is really new and uses more than just off-the-shelf products you find yourself at the mercy of the suppliers an example of this is we've been working on a, a minimalist boot design for over a year and the factory was able to construct the upper but needed a local sole supplier to create the outsole and to help with the actual construction of the shoe well the supplier had their own list of clients and it was a long list um, with a lot of projects on it that were ahead of ours. So we had to wait until they could give our soul the attention we, we needed. So we waited and we waited and we waited. And the end result was close to what we were looking for, but we needed to make some adjustments. So back to the end of the queue, we went starting all over again. Um, it just It's a process that we need to get better at it's a process that we need to expedite and it's something that we're, we're actively working on but um, once everything's lined up with the prototype it's time to start cutting and sewing you know the factory will, will get to work in the first round and then ship them over once once they're done of course it's best if you can work on this in person um, being there in the factory going back and forth for some some rapid iterations Things always get lost in translation, especially going from English to Italian. Um, but you can at least communicate face-to-face and, and sort it out. Trips to Italy are, are great in theory, um, but they, they, they add up, right? They're expensive between the air and the car and the hotels and the food. It's, uh, it's a pretty big expense, and... Those expenses look even bigger when your wife isn't able to go and you have to come home and hear about how you got to spend a week in Italy (laughs) when really you're you're living in a factory, right? So not as exciting as it might seem, but that's kind of a, a look at the prototyping process. Step three, sourcing the materials. Timeline, one to three months. Shoes might be one of the most difficult products to manufacture thanks in large part to the sourcing of the materials that's required. Outside of the factory's lead time for, for getting you onto the production line, you also have to line up the orders with all of the suppliers. This means that the logistics involved can quickly become mind-boggling. As, as an example, we did a round of production in China a couple years back. Now, our, our leather came from Italy, our soles came from France, everything was shipped to China, where it was then manufactured, boxed up, and then shipped to the U.S., as far as a supply chain goes, that's that's a nightmare. Um, today, our factory is located in the Marche region of Italy. We've tried to consolidate our sourcing as much as we can so that all of our materials are actually coming from within that same region. And by and large, we're able to do so, but we still bring in some outside elements. Um, one such element is, is our soul's which are handmade in France and just they're incredibly incredibly comfortable they're they're awesome but they take a long time to make it's uh it's done by a traditional process all by hand that means it takes almost 30 days to create a single pair of soles um I get it that sounds ludicrous some fast fashion retailers are able to to put out completely new seasons in that time period but the process for me is completely worth the wait. Not only is the material used for the soles sustainably sourced, but the result—it's just—it's unrivaled. So, in addition to sourcing the soles, the leather is also a big factor in timing. Veg tanning can take up to two months until it's ready, uh, which means you have to have your order in well in advance. Yes, there are other leathers available, mostly chrome tanned options, but. Just the, the production required for those, and and the harsh chemicals that are that are needed to make, um, kind of just reduces their desirability, right? From a, just a sustainability standpoint. Now, that being said, vegetable tanning does doesn't use chemicals, but does require a lot of water to produce. So there there are trade offs in, in all of this sourcing. Um, but the two strategies that that we've tried to implement to help reduce our lead times are to one work with the regional suppliers and two, work with materials that the factory already carries and, and has in stock. Uh, what I mean by in stock is that the factory will have on hand or place regular orders for specific materials and colors that they work with often. Now the, the factory has a brown leather that fits our requirements and can be used on our design this can significantly reduce our turnaround time and because The factory works with some of the best suppliers in Europe. I trust our factory sourcing decisions and the quality of the materials being used. Um, Side note, not all factories source equally. There is more than one story out there of a company sourcing a certain material only to have the factory swap it out for a cheaper alternative while still charging the higher price. This is why it's important to have a good factory partner and just to, to be around during the production process. Step four, manufacturing. Time frame, one to two months. As I talked about a little bit earlier, one of the biggest factors in deciding whether or not a factory is a good fit is understanding what their minimum order quantities are, or their MOQs. Bigger factories offer more capabilities as well as faster turnaround times, usually, but they also carry with them higher minimums. The corollary is that smaller factories have fewer machines and a smaller team, which means that production will take a little longer and tends to be more specialized. Um, But back to the MOQs. Taking the, the best case scenario of a 200 pair minimum order quantity, which means that you'll need to order at least 200 pairs per color, and doing a run of both black and brown shoes means that you're placing an order for 400 pairs. Using an average price of seventy five dollars per pair, that is a thirty thousand dollar upfront cost, and that does not include shipping and the import taxes and then, in addition to the manufacturing costs, you also have expenses for purchasing things like lasts. lasts are the the backbone for both the the design and the pattern as as well as the manufacturing process They're, everything in shoes starts with the last. Um, but in addition to them, you also have dyes and molds that are needed. Cutting dyes are used for cutting the patterns from the leather that are eventually sewn together. You know, molds are, are used for the soles, so on and so forth. But $30,000 is a lot of money for, for a small business. I mean, that's, that's a lot of money for any business, right? But this becomes even more expensive if the shoes, they don't sell. So to help you smarter about our production runs, we've introduced a, a pre-order system which comes at a discounted cost to our community. In most cases you can save up to 25% by pre-ordering a pair of shoes and that helps us get into production much, much quicker as the time needed to save up $30,000 and and find $30,000, that's that's not an overnight process on on my end. Um, This approach also helps ensure that we're not wasting this precious capital on designs or sizes that people don't want. doesn't do me any good to order 12 pairs of size eight and a half if only two people are gonna buy eight and a half right those other those other 10 pairs are just gonna sit there. Um, so the other piece to the pre-order process is that if, if we are able to generate enough pre-orders, we can find ourselves in a position to actually reduce our unit cost per shoe. The more volume gives you a little bit more negotiating power and, and helps bring down the, the costs for the factory. And so as we did with our check a sneaker last spring, the spike in orders allowed us to negotiate a cheaper cost with the factory and then in return to actually pass that savings on to you. At this point, every dollar that comes in goes right back into the company. So if I have a pair or multiple pairs sitting in inventory, either because we ordered too many of the wrong size or the wrong color or the community just didn't like the style, that's a waste of materials and money. And Neither one is a good thing. Step five, delivery. Time frame one to two weeks. Once the factory finishes the shoes, it's time to ship them over. And by and large, there are two main ways to deliver shoes from abroad, either by air or by water. The cheaper option is to place the shoes in the shipping container and send them over by water. The downside to this is that it takes much longer for the shoes to arrive. But in reality for us, the the bigger issue is that we're not shipping enough shoes to fill an entire container. So that means our boxes of shoes will be put into a container with other items being shipped to the U.S. And they're not going to ship a half full shipping container. So they jam it in there and that could be absolutely anything coming into that container with you. And you, you don't have a say as to what else is shipped alongside the shoes. So For this reason, our our shoes are shipped over by air. This expedites the process, but as I said, it's it's a lot more expensive. It costs, on average, maybe $10 a pair to ship from Italy to the U.S. And then, upon arrival, the shoes have to go through customs. Typically, a a pretty quick process of a couple days, but there are instances where that could take a week or longer. Um, Once the, the shoes clear customs, they end up shipping to our our partner's warehouse where the orders are then fulfilled and shipped out to your doorstep so with all of the above in mind here is where i'm focusing my efforts for for 2018 in the coming months we will be releasing a new casual minimal issue i have a production run scheduled for later this month uh, early february we have Hopefully just one more round of sampling that's being done now before signing off on the design. uh, Once these samples come in, which should be next week, uh, last week in January, we should be ready to proceed. Uh, Of course, share more info on these as we get closer, but the basic overview is that it's uh, a casual shoe, perfect for spring and the summer. Um, Once again, we'll be using those Reltex soles. Uh, it's not hyperbole to say they're the most comfortable soles in the world. So, I'm anxious to to really get these out there. In addition to the casual shoe, we're also working on a new derby um, because it's easier to have all of your manuf- manufacturing being done in in one area. I'm working on getting our production, our derby production, over to Italy. Um, there are some tweaks to the design, with the main one being the consideration of a resoluble outsole. The, the construction for this type of design is, is more intense and more involved, um, and the initial out-of-the-box wear doesn't have that same broken-in flexibility that, that our previous shoes have, but I think it's an important design factor to implement. Um, basically, by creating a design that you can resole, you'll be able to have these shoes for years. Obviously, I'd love to get you in a new pair of dress shoes every 10 to 12 months, but if you need a new pair of shoes that quickly, then that means we're not doing something right. Shoes that can be repaired, also means fewer shoes in landfills, which is best for everyone. Just given the environmental impact manufacturing in general has, reducing the size of our manufacturing footprint is a priority for us. We are also working on new EDC designs. Uh, our Slim Wallet has been a community favorite skinny enough to not overstuff your pockets yet functional enough to fit five cards plus your ID, some cash, insurance card, metro card, etc. The Slim Wallet's become an essential piece for any EDC lineup. Our wallets are made by hand in Brooklyn using a single piece of Horween vegetable-tanned leather. And while that might not sound like a big deal, it, it actually is because by using one solid piece of leather, as opposed to a design that stitches together multiple pieces of leather, we're able to create a wallet that lasts. Um, When you stitch multiple pieces together, you're obviously putting holes into the leather. Even though those holes are small, the holes actually compromise the overall integrity of the design. Over time, these holes get bigger and the wallet falls apart. So by keeping the number of stitches we use to a minimum, we're ensuring our wallets stay together for a long, long time. So we'll be introducing some new colorways for our slim wallet while also offering other small batch goods, both made from leather as well as other materials. We're working on new designs now, and uh, we'll hope to get your feedback on designs that you think are helpful uh, moving forward. In addition to creating new designs in-house, we're also working to collaborate with other brands whom we feel share our approach and philosophy. Uh, We have a couple, couple on tap, and I will keep you posted on these as we line up new projects. I will also be launching a new podcast called Independence Day. The idea behind the podcast is to have conversations with everyday men and women who decided to pursue their passions. These independents did not come from money. They didn't have anything handed to them. They just had an idea that was worthwhile for them to pursue. It was a passion that they decided was worth dedicating their time to. They figured out how they could do it, and they figured out a way to to do it full time far too often we see someone crossing a finish line and, and think, man, that was that was easy, right? But the goal for this podcast is to, to pull back the curtain on the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into launching and then sustaining a business. Uh, it's my hope that this podcast will also give you a behind-the-scenes look at ikanchu providing a better understanding of what I'm working on and, and why. So this audio recording of a blog post is is also that as well, right? Kind of trying to give you, give you some understanding behind what's involved, why we're doing what we're doing, what the next steps are, are all very important things in, in deciding to support a brand. And for those of you who have followed along with us from the start, you know our path has had plenty of ups and downs and While figuring out continues to be a work in progress for for all of us, no matter what we do, I'm forever grateful for all of your support. So, I'm excited for all that 2018 holds, and hope that come next December, we won't be sitting here asking, is that it? In the meantime, be bold, and be on the lookout for our upcoming podcasts.